the Honest Convo podcast, and uh, this is the first time that I've recorded a podcast, so we'll see how this goes. And I have my friend Amanda with me here today, and we're literally just going to have an honest conversation and see where it takes us. We don't even know what we're going to talk about. No, well, slightly. In the beginning, (laughs) I know what we're going to talk about because it's literally happening right now. Um, So... The theme of what's been going on with me for the past like two weeks and just like in general is like doing shit that I don't want to do and that's extremely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like how like what it's done for me and like right now like no part of me wants to do this right now like none whatsoever so so uncomfortable (laughs) like literally like literally i was just telling her that like on the car right here i was like videoing videoing on instagram and be like yeah i feel like i have to poop right now and like i do i want to like turn around like i don't want to go and kind of nauseous (laughs) sweaty so but i've always wanted to start a podcast so this is literally me doing it like we said this a week ago and i was like yeah, like you're gonna do this with me whether you like it or not. So here we are a week later recording podcast. And yeah, do you have anything to say about as for in terms of like experience for you, like what doing things that are extremely uncomfortable, like how, like what does it do for you in your life? Well, this is extremely uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> One, yeah. um, but it's something that I've wanted to do for a little while. So I'm glad that you kind of gave me no option <laughs> but know. to be here today yeah. <laughs> in my home. I'm going to show up to you. Uh, but no, I mean, my whole like life over the last three years has been uncomfortable. I feel like like my move to Austin was the most painful and uncomfortable thing I've ever done. Yeah. And my whole family was like, don't do it. You know, live live at home with us. They're all within three miles of each other. I'm not kidding you, three miles of each other. That's and funny. everybody is super close. We do tons of like family dinners mm-hmm. and random drop-ins. And, and where's home? Home is Brentwood, California. Okay. So Northern California. It's about an hour out of okay. San Francisco. Yeah. And I just, I fell in love and I was like, I'm going and I'm going to do this. And I feel that it's right in my heart to do this. And I packed up everything and moved. And so I, to be clear, you came for love. I came for love, okay. <laughs> yes. And I knew just him, one person in Austin. That mm-hmm, was it. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about moving away before. Like, I'm a huge homebody. I went to college like an hour away from, from home and never really ventured too far out of that. I think my first airplane ride by myself, I was 22. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> it was Southwest. And, you know, Southwest, you have open seating, yeah, totally. right? But they give you a boarding position. Okay. Okay, so I get on the airplane and I'm like, 16B, walking down the aisle. I was like, excuse me, that's my seat. And there was like a pizza box on it. And her her and her husband are both like, this is not your seat, honey. And I was like, it says right here. This is the first time you were flying? I'm 22. Oh my gosh. I'm an adult. An adult with a degree. And I don't know that this is open seating. (laughs) And yeah, so anyways, very naive when I moved here. Totally. to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I just started meeting people like I had no choice but to meet people and how did I you only do that? knew him how how what was do you remember the first person that you met like as far as a friend you the do? first yeah. person in Austin that I met through Instagram was Jerrica dude same like almost <laughs> the same shit Shout I swear to you and it was because she reached out yeah and, like literally she's been like the glue to like the community that we're yeah. in now I seriously think she's been like she's like the connector glue person yeah and it's just like she was like, 
liking all of my photos and I'm seeing all these notifications and I was like, who is this person? And then anyways, we started talking, um, started hanging out. We, I think we caught lunch at like June's on South Congress okay. and she helped introduce me to some people, kind of just pushed me to just do things mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. like, always inviting me to stuff uh-huh. and I didn't always go mm-hmm. but it felt really good to have somebody that would invite me to oh, do I, things you yeah. know it sucks when you don't have that yeah yeah especially if you don't have that from friends and you don't have family mm-hmm. it's like really lonely yeah um so meeting people of all different backgrounds kind. is insane <laughs> here everybody yeah. I know like in my hometown it's just very like and I love I love Brentwood. I love the way that I was brought up, but it's just like very one track minded. Yeah. Like, oh, same here where I'm from. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and nobody really breaks that and like talks about things that are yeah. different or outside. So when of you go home, how does it, it feel? Like even when you're like see people you don't normally see or outside of your family, yeah. is it weird? Like how does that feel? Yeah. Well, first off, it's weird because I share so much of my life online that people okay, are like, totally. I know what you're doing. And I'm like, what about you? Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, but also like when I go home, I just like even social issues, you know what I mean? Like, mm. like in my home, like, I'll just say like marijuana, right? Mm. Is has always been something that's like you just don't do it and, yeah. and it wasn't talked about. Well, now okay. it's legal in California, yeah. right? So that's the one thing I go home and it's like, okay, well at least that can be talked about, but yeah. there's still like this, you know, like like gay marriage is just very conservative mm-hmm. and like like so many things that aren't talked about mm-hmm. or accepted the same way and I don't know why that is you know well, like we've come I, so far why is that still a thing yeah I think that because I'm from a home t- or a small like town in Illinois as well so I totally know like what you're talking about but I think it's just because yeah like when you actually get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and go and like ex- experience life more mm-hmm. and like you just see more of like more opportunities and just like how other people are living their life yeah. that like literally just expands your brain of what's possible. Yeah. And so I think that's just because of what we put ourselves into. And I don't know if it's because like we're younger growing up in like a different generation yeah. too. I'm sure that's a huge part yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, I totally like think it's just because like, like I've moved a bunch. So I, I know that's why. Um, and just meeting so many other different kinds of people. But to go back to when you were talking about like Jerica and stuff, and she's the first person that you met. So Jerica like originally invited me to sprints. Yeah. So like every Saturday, there's this thing called ATX Sprint Squad that Shea Bowling started anyways. Um, and it's every Saturday. And so I just like went, like she told me and maybe like took me like a month ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, going through a lot in my life and so I actually ended up going it was super scary my husband went with you with, went with me and it was so like super weird so many people there so many people <laughs> and like I didn't really realize what it was I didn't like you're just like and that I was so foreign like at the time because I didn't really know that many people in Austin mm-hmm. I had lived there for like a little maybe a year and like since going to sprints that day my whole life has changed yeah. Two weeks later, I, I started a business. Like literally, <laughs> so two awesome. weeks later, I started a business. Yeah. I started meeting so many people, I, and like I'd go to sprints all the time. 
and meet more people then i would go to different events from the people that i met at sprints yeah. and go to their like events and then meet more people yeah. and it and it's just like grown into this like like do you know how many like contacts that i'm putting in my phone of new people that i'm meeting <laughs> that are like fucking awesome yeah. like you like to be fair like we met each other officially like a week ago like straight up didn't we like like our real first conversation exactly just the two of us like in yeah. look at look at what we're doing right now one like, week ago today. exactly <laughs> so well we were friends on instagram but um, but imagine where you would be right now yeah like paint the picture for me of where you'd be right now if you had, had not went. gone if you had never went there was other factors doing? that went into play as far as what was going on in my life like yeah. my roommate like moved out and that was super toxic yeah. but like mindset so, wise like, yeah um i've always been someone who's super like into growth and mm -hmm. stuff like that and hence why i even went to sprints because i knew okay like i have these goals and like i need to start meeting people in yeah. order to even do any of that so like i knew i had to go but mindset wise like i'm sure that i would still like be on the path of growth but yeah. I would not be where I am, like, at all, like, whatsoever. Like, what, probably, I don't know if I would have started my business or been so hardcore at it. Yeah. Because I had so many people supporting me and, like, cheering me on. Mm -hmm. Like, the people that I was meeting, like, I'd meet someone, like, and the next day they'd be, like, my biggest fan. And, like, yeah. that feels the fuck out of <laughs> yes. you. And you just keep going and keep going. Like, the community aspect to, like, life and business and whatever is, like, such a key like important like role mm -hmm. would you agree i would completely agree yeah. and it makes me think of that quote it's like if you want to go fast go alone but if mm. you want to go far yes. go together yes. and i felt the same way when i left sprints i was like holy cow this group of like like-minded people yeah. everybody is doing mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. and even it doesn't even have to be that they're an entrepreneur because i think a lot of times or even on you instagram can feel pressure yeah from the community to be an entrepreneur yes We'll talk, well, we could talk more about that, I but know. I do, I do feel that there is that pressure, but totally. it's even just being happy as fuck mm -hmm. and like driven in what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. for a bigger purpose, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be your own business. Mm -hmm. um, but I went to sprints. The first time I went to sprints was the first time I met um, CJ and I'd been talking to him online oh, about, about quitting my job. <laughs> yeah. And so at this point I'd been in Austin about a year and a half. Okay. My love died. <laughs> <laughs> just died and I moved out and I found my roommate that sounds hilarious <laughs> I found my roommate and I was like I'm gonna stay in Austin and create this life for myself and my mom had offered to like front my bills pay for my u-haul to get me home and everything she was like just come back like we'll take care of you you know and I'm like I already sold everything I moved I'm gonna make this work so then I decided I gotta take life by the horns and just get out there because I don't know anybody right so I started talking to more people online. I started getting invited to these events and I'm like going alone, which is mm -hmm. so not like me to do. Okay, to so alone. like before you would go, like how would you feel? Would you be super nervous? Oh God. What, like before this podcast, yeah. is that how you would feel yeah. like every time before? Yeah. I can totally like relate yeah. to that. And yeah. and I would be sweaty. Like I would always wear like black or white colored shirts yeah. because I was like, people are going to know how yeah. nervous I am. Yeah. Um, but I went to sprints my first time and I just like the connection part like i hate the sprint but the walk back oh totally like fuels me and i just got so excited and i quit my job so i went to my first sprints in november 2017 i wouldn't know. could have been 2017 and 
no, no, no. Maybe September. Can... Quit my job in November. Okay. And okay. I was like, I'm done. And I never would have had that type of like push mm. to do something like that had it not been for one, deciding, okay, I'm going to do this thing that's really scary and I'm going to mm-hmm. stay here. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm going to go meet these people. I have no idea who they are and just kind of open my mind to soak in what they have to share with mm-hmm. me, like their experience, their knowledge, their mm-hmm. like excitement for this new chapter of my life. Yeah. So it was really cool. But yeah, the whole last like three years have been really that yeah. scary yeah. cycle. Yeah. And I feel like that's just like one that's the journey and it should it should feel like that. Otherwise you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Like you should be feeling like that like super often because mm-hmm. like we need to just keep be pushing ourselves to like evolve to become better and better and better. Like mm-hmm. literally how we're sitting down right now. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were never going to be ready to do this. And like I'm so relaxed now compared to when we first started. I don't know about you. It was yeah, just a mess. So like compared to the beginning, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. If you wait for the perfect time, you're, you're just literally going to be waiting forever. Yeah. And I've been that person before, totally. and and I'm like, I don't want to talk anymore. Like I just want to do things. Yeah, let's talk more action. Yes. Like yes. why sit on an idea? You know, somebody else is already out there doing it yeah. at the exact moment. Someone else decided to just go for it, and you're yeah. still waiting. Yeah. So what do you think? I could say a lot about this, but what do you think? holds you back like more specifically from like for instance like before you started meeting people and stuff what was like a do you have a specific fear that like you would fear like maybe they wouldn't like you you know i don't i mean it could be anything do you have one specifically i think that uh this is this fear of mine has come a long way but initially Mm -hmm. it was a fear of not knowing how to connect with people like that's what do you talk about? Say. That's what you know? I was going to say. Oh, I love that you said that. Okay, you yeah, go first. Yeah. Okay. So, so like if, say for instance, I meet somebody who's an engineer. Okay. okay. Well, the fuck the engineers do? Like, I don't have any, I don't know how to relate to you on that level. Right. Okay. But it's not just about what you do. Like, why do you do the things you do? What makes you tick? What, mm-hmm. what do you enjoy doing for fun? Like, there's so many other things to talk about, but I was always afraid of getting in conversations with people where I didn't know the answer. And... St- still that kind of scares me is just not knowing the answer like right now when i ask you that question you're like oh fucking yeah. shit am i gonna know the answer <laughs> totally yeah yeah and and i think that's really scary because i hate being like a deer in the headlights and like being caught off guard but i think it's okay to be like hey you know what i actually don't know mm-hmm. like that's okay yeah. to do. yeah totally no how fun yeah. is it to know everything yeah yeah so i would totally agree like there would be like this fear of I don't know how to articulate my words mm-hmm. and like I would just have like this story that I was telling myself that like I don't know how to like hold a conversation properly yeah. and like I literally just don't know how to articulate my words I don't like I'm really bad at like writing and just like all the things that I don't know a lot of words mm-hmm. because and I don't know how to pronounce a lot mm-hmm. of things because I'm totally like that yep. and like that was holding me back so much and what I realized is that like, and the only way to get better at that, even if, like, it was true, but, like, not as much as I was, like, actually saying it. Because yeah. look of at course. me right now. I'm literally talking and I'm capable of talking. Yeah. But the literally the only thing that's going to solve that is to go out and you start it. practicing it. Mm-hmm. So start meeting people. If you look like a idiot and don't have a response to something, mm-hmm. then big deal. The next time maybe you will have a response. And it's just, like practicing and doing and like you know everything so like one day i know that i'll be on stage someday and like speak and i know you have that same goal 
But like this right here, what we're doing is us practicing that and just being on Instagram stories and like that's super normal for me now and yeah. I know it's easy for you yeah. too. But it used to not be it's easy. easy. The first time I was like, hey, yeah. you in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> So, but like you, like, so it's like, okay, like what are the ways that I can start practicing doing yeah. that? Because like right now, if I got on stage, I would like, yeah, I don't know what would happen. It would be so scary, but yeah. like, it'll be easier the more we do things like this. And like, literally it's just start doing. Otherwise yeah. sitting in the corner, yeah. like of your room and just being like scared of like what people are going to think of you uh -huh. because you like fucked up your words or mm -hmm. whatever, like does nothing Who, yeah literally nothing i think i got a really big dose of this when i started leading my boot camps mm, yeah um so the first time i had a group of people that were there for me not not me subbing their class or or covering for somebody but yeah. really my location mm -hmm. i think i blacked out like i was so wait did you nervous. say what you worked for oh, okay um, i no oh, okay. but i run uh boot camps with camp gladiator in the East Austin okay. area. So okay, go ahead. Um, I, when I launched that, I'd never really spoke in front of a group of people, but I knew this is something that I've always wanted to do was, was speak and specifically for like kids, like, like middle school age kids, high school kids. And when I got up there in front of them and it was like six people. Okay. Do not, you do not need to be nervous about six Sometimes people, but it's worse. yeah, because it was like, they're looking to me as the expert in this thing. And I was again, nervous that I wasn't going to know something if they asked me a question. And now I've gotten really comfortable. They'll ask me something. And I say, you know, let me ask somebody else for more info on that. Cause I have no idea, or I don't want to steer you in the wrong way. And I'm more comfortable saying it there. Mm -hmm. But, um, when, that all started it was just this scary thing and i knew that was just a hurdle i had to get over and now it just seems normal yeah right because i've been practice i practice every day mm -hmm. two three hours a day i practice doing that and then i think about all these things that i want to do personally that i need to be practicing that same way and mm -hmm. how comfortable i could be if i just did if i just took action and yeah. just started doing it yeah yeah totally like i know you said you told me you had a goal to like speak in front of like you said elementary schools through high school, yeah, yeah, kids under 18. Yeah, okay, well, actually, I want you to talk about that. Yeah. Like, what your goal is and, like, what you ultimately kind of, not ultimately, but the next maybe step of what yeah. you're trying to do. So I partner with a lot of schools now in doing, like, workout classes for them and things like that, and I see the kids on their phones. I see them, like, crazy eyeshadow on. Like, you have to learn that from YouTube, right? Like, a oh, lot of kids totally. you learn. Yeah, <laughs> I think I learned this from YouTube. Like, it looks great. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's so much influence online we know that as adults but especially for kids i mean there are like five six seven year olds that have ipads and access to instagram youtube scary facebook all these other apps i don't even know about what's that one that TikTok or something oh, yeah like, yeah like you know there's so much yeah. that is easy for them to access these days that who knows what they're consuming right and i just think about myself as a kid and i think about like like my specifically like high school years and how I started having friends who were like dealing with eating disorders, binging, purging. They were um, like always wearing baggy clothes because they were wanting to hide their body. And it just made me like, I'm very impressionable. I'm young. It mm -hmm. made my mindset shift. And I'm like, well, maybe I should be concerned about these things. Maybe I should worry about this. Maybe I'm wrong for not feeling that way. And I wound up having a distorted view of eating in my body image and it all started when I was younger mm -hmm. and I know that that's just getting earlier and earlier for kids these days because of the access that they have yeah. and following influencer accounts and people editing things and you know like unrealistic 
ideas of what a body, a woman or a male's body should look like because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And I just think being able to like connect with them and speak confidence into them from a young age and finding what it is that makes them happy. It doesn't have to be looking like this. It could be feeling this. It could be doing this. You know, you don't have to just focus on happiness as a look. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes I think that's how it is like, oh, she's so pretty. I want to look like her, Yeah, you know, and, and that's where the makeup comes in yeah. and the hair and yeah crazy, crazy outfits and stuff like that. So I would just love to be able to be some type of a positive, real, like influence for them, mm-hmm. not somebody far out of reach coming to speak to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So would you say that's kind of like your next goal is to start doing things like that and like speaking uh, to, yeah, like kids like around those age, would you say that's like your next thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've been like afraid to step into it again for the same reason of yeah. like, who am I to do I, yeah. this? I love that we're you talking know? about this. Yeah. I'm just a person living in Austin, like, but the connection I have with the schools being that we lead camps there and, and things like that, like I know that it's just an ask away. Yeah. It's just something I need to do. I know. Just when you do. told me like, well, I already do like this with schools and I'm like, you what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, in regards to like the, I don't know if we should get into like the eating disorders sort of thing. I guess we also some talking about it. Um, so yeah. As far as eating issues and like caring about what you know people like think about like the way we look and all the things. So as far as for me, I had eating issues like in high school, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it would have been younger if we had already had yeah. you know the social media and stuff like that. And I don't remember. We must have. I must have had Facebook, obviously, in high school. I think it was yeah. MySpace. I'm trying to remember when it transferred into Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been maybe when I was like a sophomore. Then when we like went over to Facebook. Yeah. That's so weird to like even say, it, but right. Right. And like I had already been like I I did extreme things like. I was definitely already like starving myself and like before dances, um, I think I told you this, where, maybe I did, um, where like I would have like a friend who was over 18 go and buy, I had him go buy like those tobacco packet things. Mm. And he's and so like I put it in my mouth and because I was gonna swallow the spit so I could puke because at that point like I couldn't mm. make myself puke anymore. Yeah. Like how fucked up is yeah. that? A week before a dance, like yeah. wh- how was that going to even get me to like lose like ten pounds in a week? Yeah. Like, and like, how do we even get that idea? Like what? To go there? Like right? what? Yeah, no. yeah. So, yeah, that would never do that. Never swallow like I, that's the first and last time I ever put any chewing tobacco or whatever yeah. in my mouth. But like it was one of the worst experiences of my life. I was sitting on the bathroom floor, like just like in so much pain everything was like spinning and like i felt like everything inside of me just like i don't even know it was yeah. it was legitly terrible did you have anybody in your life at that time that knew oh, like no. no no definitely not i'm yeah. sure the person that bought me like it yeah i think he knew but mm-hmm. like he was more of obviously fucking encouraging me yeah. if anything if he knew yeah. like what the fuck that's a whole another story about that person but uh, but no, no one else. I don't think because it really wasn't knew. okay, right? Or you, you thought yeah, it was wrong? Yeah, and like no one in my family, because my family didn't even give a shit about me. No one was ever home anyway. Yeah. So like, yeah. obviously, like there's a reason why I even got to where I was in the begin with, mm-hmm. uh, because I had a lack of family support yeah. and to feel like I could even talk to anyone. But yeah, extreme things. And then like, and once I got to maybe like out of high school, 
um, it turned in like it, I went through different stages as, and then I would be more of like as far as like what eating disorder and like what you label it I went through all of them um, and then I would in I think you, I, you could definitely relate to this uh, where then you, I would start to go on go to the store and buy a bunch of fucking shit and go home and eat all of it, all of it and be so fucking uncomfortable mm -hmm. and then purge it all up and like what was i thinking and yeah. like and it was just like looking back i'm like yeah i had to go through it in yeah. order to get to where i am but it's like you're just trying to like do all these things to change even just like the exterior yourself yeah. and it's like so happy that I finally woke up and was like, it has nothing to do with that. Like, you need to look inside. inside. Yeah. Like, this little girl inside of me be like, no, I'm right here. Yeah. You keep ignoring yeah. me. Oh, man. Anyways, so, so close to home for me. Yeah, so go I, ahead. I yeah. think that we, we experience those things and we hid them because they're not okay. They're taught to be not okay and nobody talks about them, right? Mm -hmm. But imagine if you had somebody that was like, hey, this might be happening to you. And it's okay. It's okay that you're feeling the way that you're feeling. There are other ways to deal with it, mm -hmm. you know? And I think everybody is kind of waking up right now and just talking about uncomfortable things. Thankfully. And it makes me so happy because <laughs> yeah. you don't have to deal with the hard things that you go through alone. There are people there. You are not the only one to have ever binged and purged. Definitely right? not. You're so. not the only one to not be happy with what you see on the outside because you really got a lot of things to deal with on the inside. Like you are not alone in that. But when you're in that moment and, and it's just you and you're in your emotions, it's hard to see that. And I think that it's important to keep reminding people like, hey, you're not alone. You know, whatever you got going on, you're not alone. And, yeah. and you don't have to fight that battle alone. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that brings all of those, yeah. those, saying those stories, like, it just like, brings so much back mm -hmm. and it's just like, oh my, oh my God, like literally I just remembered mm -hmm. something else that I did. Like I used to, you may have heard of this, it's called HCG and it's like a hormone that you inject into yourself and they, doctors mainly prescribe it for people who are like severely obese because it's kind of more of like a last resort thing, sort mm -hmm. of, I don't know. Um, but somehow I got connected with it. I was getting it from like fucking Russia or something like that, <gasps> having it sent to me. And In high school. No, this was, by this time, it was a year, about a year after I graduated high school. Okay, okay. And at this point, like, I had, I moved out immediately after high school because of a lot of other reasons, and I moved to uh, California, but because I was trying to, like, lose weight, and, like, it was, I was just doing whatever I could, yeah. um, because I was on that, um, like, yo-yo diet, and yeah. so, like, this was another one of those yo-yo diets, so what I would do is I would get this, like, HCG stuff, which basically is like this hormone that pregnant people get after that they have their their kid and it's what helps them in their body automatically like lose weight, uh -huh. something like that. I'm trying to remember. I did all the research before. Um, and so I would inject myself every day with this oh, stuff man. in my stomach and I would literally be like crying trying to do it like every day. And I would do it like I would do different protocols, they would call them. So, like, say I did it for, like, three weeks. And sure enough, you would fucking lose weight because you're eating 500 calories a day when you're doing that. Because yeah. the scientific – or the, it's actually really – you're still getting the calories, but it's it somehow knows to go directly to your fat and, like, release the fat to give you their calories versus, like, eating them, something like that. And, yeah, it fucking worked. But I would never do it the way that you were supposed yeah. to because there's a long-term protocol after you were done injecting yourself. Yeah. 
and you would have to like gradually get back into like the like a normal diet and whatever otherwise your body's just gonna blow up like a balloon yeah and i did that like probably i don't know for probably about a year on and off wow and it was so mentally like it fucked me up mm -hmm. so much mm -hmm. so much because i would literally gain the weight back like that and it was and then like you're back to square one yeah and you're feeling all these emotions yeah. again and then and the binging and the purging yeah. and like all yeah. that man it's i just think like it's so crazy what we're willing to do to focus on like our our external bodies mm -hmm. but what extreme measures do we take to deal with the real things that are going on inside of us yeah you know yeah. okay and, let's talk about that yeah we probably don't have that much long um so like okay well, i want you to actually hit on it since i've been talking um so what have you done since even because i know you've struggled with eating things yeah. in the past what things that you have done that you think have helped you be able to like look internally and really have gotten uh, to where you are now yeah it was a long long journey sure. like oh. i don't want anybody to think listening to this oh, that totally. it's like, like something that happens overnight because yeah. it totally does not so, still but, to this day i mean yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. i mean i still like buy chips ahoy cookies and eat them on the way home from the grocery store all of them yeah like at once yeah but that then i get over it and i go drink water and i move on right yeah. but um, I think for me, the biggest thing was just recognizing like how good my body could feel if I actually treated it right. And not just that, but it's more of like a respect for myself thing. Like I respect myself enough not to do this anymore. And I like know what I'm capable of feeling like energy levels, not, not wanting to sleep all day. Um, you know, my skin, big mm, thing was my yeah. skin. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I want to this is the group of people I want to impact. So how could I, you know, preach one thing and do another? And I think for me, it was just eye opening. Like, I got to be honest with myself. I'm still struggling with this and I need to work through it. And being like vulnerable with myself enough to admit that I had an issue mm. and letting people in on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first time that I ever posted on my Instagram about bed binge eating disorder, mm -hmm. I remember like I didn't even have my name on my account at this point. And this girl, her name's Amy. She came up to me at the gym and she was like, Thank you so much for opening up and sharing about that. And she kind of got tears in her eyes and yes. she was like, because I've been struggling with yeah, it Yeah, she's like, that gives me the chills. And that was the moment I realized yeah. like, wow, somebody out there needs to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just that one person that's listening, I'm going to keep talking totally. because it's helping me. Like, it's like a, a journal of my journey and it's helping me to work through those things and to understand why I did the things I did and things come up all the time. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know that that was something I suppressed for the last 12 years, oh, you know, for sure. Oh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I would say hearing from her really encouraged me to like, like keep pushing forward and to not let that define me anymore. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to just be, Oh God, I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah. don't want to just, just let this like rule my life anymore. And for when I look at food, to not be able to stop because that was my thing like appetizers like i can't stop yeah yeah like, like super bowl parties i don't even watch the game i just eat the entire time and then i go home like full yeah really full so um yeah i think that one recognizing i had a problem two saying i don't want this anymore i don't want to carry this weight and three like what makes me actually feel good because sure food makes me feel good but that's temporary you know what can i fuel myself with that's gonna be longer lasting yeah to totally. help me and the transformation i saw just breaking that mindset really encouraged me to keep going
going. Yeah, yeah. I love that you brought up, we'll end it with this. I love that you brought up how that girl came up to you at, in, at the gym because like that's literally why we're sitting here yeah. and like talking about this because hopefully at least one person watches this or listens to this wherever you're, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like it can impact you and like anything that we're honestly sharing can help you realize that you're not alone mm -hmm. and feel free to reach out to both of us about anything doesn't have to do with like yeah. eating disorders it could be about literally anything yeah. and like we would totally be here to support you and help you in any way and if we can't help you we will definitely be able to direct you in the right direction yeah. to someone else who can yeah absolutely. so yeah yeah cool awesome we well, did it yeah all right well this is the honest <laughs> convo and yeah we'll wrap up the first episode with amanda russell we did the thing <laughs>